Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Harry Eskin, a moving image archivist based in Los Angeles. And now, here's our first letter. This next one. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Is, this one's like, we're right in the middle of it. It's a problem right now. What do we do? A fable of our time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's your turn to read. The subject line is caught in the middle. Dear Prudence, my parents moved in with my husband and me at the beginning of the pandemic and will be here for the foreseeable future. They've been a huge help with childcare and housework. Although my husband welcomed them, he doesn't like them very much and he drives them crazy. He leaves stuff lying around and my mom is always picking up after him. He's very opinionated and picks fights with my dad over stupid issues. He hates how my parents have 40-year-old parenting ideas, e.g. kids shouldn't jump on furniture, challenge their parents, or talk back, or leave their toys everywhere. They hate how permissive he is with the kid. The real problem is they all come to me about the problems with the others. I'm constantly fielding everyone's conflicts, and I'm exhausted. Asking them to move out is not a financially viable option, because we'd still have to support them and we can't afford it. And frankly, I find my parents easier to live with than my husband lately. They certainly do more around here. What boundaries should I set? How do I calm everyone down? Two very different questions, right? Oh, Uh, gosh, yeah. I I don't know why. I feel like I want to start with, of the following ideas, kids shouldn't jump on furniture. Kids shouldn't challenge their parents or talk back. Kids shouldn't leave their toys everywhere. Would you put them all in the sort of same category as being 40 years old? Which I'm so sorry to have to say this, but that means 1980. I mean, they seem like fairly reasonable child-rearing guidelines. I mean, obviously, you can debate about how strict it's necessary to be in enforcing them, but those are perfectly reasonable expectations for a child to learn. Yeah, I mean, especially the toys everywhere and jumping on furniture. Again, if somebody were to say, you know, if a kid ever does that, you know, lose your cool, get really upset, punish them dramatically, that would, that's not a question of 40 years old or not. That would be wrong. But yes. to to encourage the kids to pick up after themselves or to say like, hey, you guys got to stop playing and put things back in the toy box before you can go do what you want. That's not dated or or wrong. Right? No, it's legitimate. I, I, I certainly would think so. Yeah, you, you know, I guess my question here is, you know, the letter writer is in this very kind of complicated position of, on the one hand, I want my parents and my husband to stop fighting, and then also some degree of, on the other hand, I'm more on my parents' side than I'm on my husband's side. And I think that's part of why the last two questions are at such odds with one another, because setting boundaries and calming everybody down are two pretty mm-hmm. different things. And I think the first thing the letter writer needs to figure out is how many of my parents' ideas, whether they're 40 years old or not, do I share? Because part of what might need to happen here is a conversation with your husband of maybe you two are not always on the same page. And that's always hard to kind of realize after you have kids and and you didn't hash it out beforehand. But that will be important heading into any of these conversations 
if only so you can acknowledge to yourself on what issues you think your husband has a better point and on what issues your parents have a better point. Yeah. What I'm seeing in this letter is this intersection of conflicts that, you know, are going in, you know, all all directions and just come, you know, crashing into each other. Yeah, I think especially because I wish the letter writer had given us a little bit more information about what does she think of all this? Like, it's very clear, I think, that she's withholding some of her own judgments because she feels like there's too many judgments in the house right now. I don't want to add a fourth voice to that mix. But you say, you know, letter writer, you say that your husband hates how your parents think about parenting. You say that they hate how permissive he is with your kid. And then, you you know, you do say they're easier to live with. They do more around the house. Do you think your husband's too permissive with the kid? Because that feels like you really need to identify where you fall on that before you start having these conversations. Because, you, you know, there's there's certainly the implied issue around like housework. It feels pretty straightforward that you you side with your parents. And maybe part of the fear there is if my husband is already feeling defensive and then I were to say, I also wish that you did more around the house. I also wish that you picked up after yourself. I don't like that my mother picks up after you. It makes me annoyed with you, embarrassed by you, whatever else it might bring up. You know, if you feel like you're holding back these things on your own behalf because you just feel like there's already too much conflict and my job is to take it down, I I don't think that that's going to be the right place to start, even though I do think it is possible for you all to try to scale down some of the level of conflict. It, It can't start by you pretending not to care about things you care about. And it can't start by you pretending to agree with your husband because you think you owe him loyalty or you think he's gonna lash out and get defensive. So yeah, start with that. Figure out where do I agree with my parents and where do I agree with my husband? Um, just so you have your own sense of what fights are really important to have and what fights you think, you know, I want to pick my battles. I think this calls for like a good old fashioned housemates meeting, you know, and to probably set them up like once a week or once every two weeks so that you, you can say like, here's what we've been doing, which is you three fight with each other a lot. And then you all independently come to me to either vent or ask for solutions. That strategy is done. We're done with that strategy. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'd like to suggest that we start having a weekly meeting for like, I don't know, half an hour, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be long. You can't fix everything right away. But um, there needs to be some sense of we have to live together for the foreseeable future. We're all sharing in childcare, sort of, <laughs> uh, some some more than others. And, and we're doing this as a collective. And so we need to have collective sessions where we talk about what's on the schedule for this week, what's working, what's not working, who can take what tasks. And to, to do that regularly, I think, like as kind of cheesy as they can be to be like house meeting. I think making sure you're all sitting down and talking about the same issues at the same time is going to help you letter writer feel like then in the future when your mom wants to say, Hey, I'm pissed off at your husband or your husband wants to say, Hey, I'm pissed off at your dad. You can say, great, save it for the house meeting on Thursday. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's going to get you at least out of That's going to get you the answer to the question, how do I set boundaries, which is we can discuss this as a group at a house meeting, or you can discuss it with someone who isn't me. Those are your two options. You know, no longer am I available for a one-on-one session where you complain. Whether or not I agree with you is immaterial. We have to hash this out as a group because you do have to live here for the foreseeable future. And then, yeah, you know, letter writer, I really don't know. Do you think your husband's doing a good job parenting? 
I don't know. Like, I know you think he doesn't pick up after himself and it's an open question whether you think he's permissive, but maybe part of the question here is also, I think my parents are right, but I feel embarrassed that they're right. And he's my husband and it's our kids. So I feel defensive or protective of him. So I have to hold something back. And, you know, certainly I don't want to encourage this letter writer to start like ragging on their husband constantly. But I think as much as you want to calm everybody down, you need to redirect the energy so you're all having at least like prearranged open conflict with each other and to not withhold your own frustrations just because you feel like there's already too many in the in the water. Yeah, it, obviously everyone being honest in a civil manner about their feelings and their perception of the conflict is uh, a really important first step. I don't really think there's a big chance of anything productive happening if that doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I think right now you feel like your parents are easier to live with than your husband and they do more around the house. You you do need to tell him some version of that. I understand why you might not want to say it in exactly that way because it might set his back up. He already feels embattled and you do want less conflict, not more. So don't, you know, don't go into that like guns blazing and full anger, but he does need to know this. And I think you have pretty legitimate frustrations you want to express. And if you want to have that conversation with him first separately before you do the house meeting, that would make sense. But, you know, maybe he could save some of his energy by fighting with your dad less and picking up his socks more, you know? Do less of one, you'll have more energy for the other. Get him, get him a chore chart where it's like, if you've picked up all your laundry this week, you're allowed to fight with my dad about <laughs> how to set the table. You know, you can earn a fight. I don't recommend that. That sounds awful and embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, at, at least having this new policy will make you able to say like, hey, I, you know, I notice you're trying to complain to me. Save it for Thursday at 4.15, which is when we have our house meeting. And just knowing, I think, that there's like an agreed upon time and place for such conversations will make it a lot easier for you to just say like, that's not the time for this, as opposed to trying to say like, no, 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 on your own behalf. Good luck. Honesty is hard. And it's no fun when you hear that you have to introduce new forms of conflict when your goal was none. But I I do think that's the fastest way to bring it down. Speaking of conflict, oh my goodness. This this is my nightmare, uh, frankly, this next letter. The subject is overbearing new neighbor, and uh, they really are. Dear Prudence, I am my mother's full-time caretaker. We have a new neighbor who calls multiple times a day and frequently walks over to visit. She brings baked goods and gifts and offers to watch mom. Very kind, right? Well, I knew there was an issue when she called 10 times in a single morning then texted several times and ended up banging on the window to say, I'm calling the police for a wellness check. Mom is very sensitive to sudden sounds and activity. I often keep both of our phones on silent to reduce her agitation. I let my neighbor know that I was keeping the home quiet and reducing guest visits while she explained that she was vaccinated so it was fine for her to come in. After she brought us dinner three nights in a row, I thanked her for her kindness and explained that, I had to use up our own food before it spoiled in the fridge. I returned her calls every other day, attempting to establish a frequency of contact that I'm comfortable with. Last week, I told her that I appreciate her kindness, but mom and I are accustomed to more quiet time. None of this has slowed her down in any of her attempts. 
I tell myself that she may be lonely and needs some support. I've even given her a list of volunteer opportunities in town. I don't want a bad relationship with my new neighbor, but I can feel myself becoming as agitated as mom with these daily calls and visits. Is there a way to establish a firm boundary and remain friendly? Help. I don't want to be the angry nut next door. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, the angry nut next door is not you. It's the person who calls 10 times in a row and then bangs on your window to say, I'm calling the cops because you didn't pick up. That's the angry nut next door. Yeah, the the letter writer here is has been showing incredible restraint. Yeah. Look, a, a nosy neighbor is one thing, but announcing that you're going to call the police for a wellness check because... Your, your neighbor is not letting you into their house? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a, harassment. Yeah, that's a very, very gross boundary violation. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that one too. Because this is like, it's not that she's lonely. I mean, she may be lonely. She doesn't sound like she has a knack for maintaining strong relationships with other people. But this, none of what you're describing here is like, oh, that's what a sensible person does to help with their loneliness. This is like, this woman is harassing us and I'm trying to be nice to her because I want to believe it's just that she's lonely and doesn't get it. Like she's harassing you. This is harassment. You should be treating this as a harassment issue, not as a, how do I diplomatically try to redirect her energy? She is not behaving sensibly, sanely, or reasonably. Yeah. I mean, you can still be diplomatic, I suppose, but the the important thing is that you have to be firm. You really have to put a stop to this behavior that is really causing significant distress for for you and for your mother. Yeah. I mean, I think that the kind of key here is I don't want a bad relationship with my new neighbor. I get that. I'm I'm really sorry. You have a bad relationship with your neighbor. You have a terrible relationship with your neighbor. This woman has threatened to call the police. That is she she has threatened to seriously endanger you and your mother. That's not like a joke. That's not funny. The cops don't just like show up and be like, oh, wild, no big deal. Like it is not a good thing when the cops show up for a wellness check, you know? Do you see, Harry, anything here short of just like telling her I need to block your number because you've demonstrated that you can't respect my boundaries? That's where I'm at with this. Do you, do you see any intervention possible before that? Oh, I mean... Obviously, in this past year, there's been a lot of more prominent public conversation about about the, the role of law enforcement. Because obviously, one of the first things to, to come to mind is to get some sort of legal order to keep this person away. But obviously, we've been having more conversations lately about other means of of enforcing serious interpersonal boundary issues. I don't know what the status of like social services or, or that sort of thing is in, mm-hmm. in the letter writer's place of residence, but you have to take the necessary steps. I hope there's something you can do short of getting law enforcement involved, but you have to choose a course of action that actually has teeth. Yeah, I think that's the important thing here. When you have been polite and reasonable with this woman, she has made it clear, I'm not going to listen to you. Uh, When you say, hey, I need to reduce guest visits because it distresses mom, her response was, well, I'm vaccinated, so it's safe for me to come in. She wasn't 
she, she steamrolled you. She disregarded what you were saying and she prioritized her own desire to intrude into your home. So I understand that you don't want to um, unnecessarily rile her because she's already demonstrated a pretty intense uh, willingness to escalate things. But this is not something that you are going to solve by hinting or by politely explaining again and again, this doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just for mom's health. She doesn't listen to that kind of thing. She doesn't care. She's made that abundantly clear. So you can, if you feel like to do anything less than this is just too difficult. Um, I, I will say the mildest intervention I would suggest for you is to say, we've talked before about how I cannot always pick up the phone. Um, I'm not going to be in contact with you every single day. And I need you to respect that for my mother and my, for our privacy. Um, if you do something again, where you call me 10 times in a row and then threaten to call the police because I don't answer the phone, I'm going to have to block your number. I think that's the mildest version of what you can tell her right now. I think you should block her number right now. But if that feels like too much for you, say, this is what will happen the next time. I think she will then do it. And then I think you'll block her number. I don't think this is a person you're going to be able to be on like friendly chatting terms with and then go into your house. I think you need to tell her, I need space. I will let you know if and when I stop needing space. But for right now, the kindest thing you can do for me and my mother is to stop bringing us food you know we don't need, to stop threatening to call the police on us, and not to harass me. I mean, I think you should use that word. I think you should use that word. It is harassment to call me 10 times in a row. It is. And then I think at that point, avoid her. Don't answer the door when she knocks. Put her phone, you know, block her phone number. Uh, Start talking to some of your other neighbors. Ask them if she's been harassing them as well. Reach out to your friends. Let them know that you need support. Um, If you are in contact with social services about your mother's ongoing care, maybe ask them if they have any resources or any suggestions. Certainly document this. I I realize, Harry, as you were saying earlier, it's not, you don't want to get into a game of like competing calling the cops where you, and it is also incredibly difficult to get a restraining order against someone who lives right next door to you. And also restraining orders often only serve to punish someone after they have violated them. So I don't know that it will Mm -hmm. necessarily get you what you want in terms of minimizing contact. But I think- to not apologize any longer, to not suggest any longer, to to not say, I appreciate your kindness. It's not kindness. Again, I just really want to stress, she called you 10 times in a single morning and then said, I'm calling the cops. That's not kind at all. She's been giving you things, but not in a kind way, not in a way that actually recognizes the things you need. So she doesn't need support. Um, She's harassing you and people who harass you don't need support, especially from their victims. You need support. Don't give her any more suggestions. Don't give her any more volunteer opportunities. I don't say that to be hard on you, letter writer. You've been in a very difficult situation. Um, Don't give her anything else. She doesn't get things from you anymore. Um, And make it really clear, she's not coming in. She's never going to be taking care of your mother. Do not let that woman in your house. And just get support from your friends if you you need somebody to like call you and see how you're doing. Uh, You know, we'll call you just the one time. Um, (laughs) Take care of yourself. Take care of your mother. Be, you know, polite and respectful, but don't apologize. Don't tell her she's kind. Don't tell her you've appreciated anything. Call this what it is, which is unwelcome contact and that she needs to stop. I couldn't have put it better myself, Danny. Well, I'm glad. If you had put it better, then I would be out of uh, a job. But (laughs) yeah, you're just, you're so not the angry nut next door. This woman is not just like lonely and confused. She's absolutely baby town frolics. 
and it's not good and it's not safe and you have every right to protect yourself. That's how you should be thinking of this. You should protect yourself and your mother. That's it. I'm done. I'm so sorry. That It's just, wow. You're, you're a very nice letter writer. Yeah. And I hope she moves away soon. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327, and you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location, and at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. 